We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of learning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Ludorf. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested podcast. Coming to you live from YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook on Labor Day, Monday, September 6th. It's about 10.45 a.m. here in Oklahoma City. We are a partner with the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and I'm your host for the day, Jacob Niffen. I've got Taylor Peterson with me. Happy Labor Day. Yeah, man. Weekend of, it's uh, uh, it's nice to have a day off. Yeah, that's right. A day off. Watch some college football this weekend, <clears throat> which is fantastic. We're almost through the dog days of, uh, of summer. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's, uh, we at least have football to keep us occupied now. Until until October, until the NBA <laughs> season starts, which is quickly approaching, uh, the Thunder will have training camp begin at the end of this month, Taylor, uh, end of September, and preseason games start Crazy. early October. So Crazy. we will be watching a- actual basketball soon. Um, even before those preseason games, we'll get the inaugural blue white scrimmage. Uh, hopefully, that will be streamed somewhere where we can watch as well. Kind of get our first taste of of some of these young guys. Yeah, kind of see what the team looks like. Rotations and all kinds of fun stuff. Definitely. Speaking of, uh, but one piece of Thunder news before we dive into, we are starting our season preview series this week. Uh, Today, Taylor and I will be breaking down the Southeast Division, uh, talking teams like the Atlanta Hawks, uh, the Florida teams, etc. But before we get there. Piece of Thunder news I figure we need to touch on, Taylor. Uh, been reported that Vic Krejci has officially signed a contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder. We kind of saw the writing on the wall with this way back, I think in June, whenever we heard that Vit had got his contract over in Europe bought out by the Oklahoma City Thunder. At that True. time, the reporting was, if you buy out a, a player's contract in Europe, you have to get them a roster spot on your NBA team, not a two-way spot. 
The Thunder's two-way spots are filled up anyways. Vit is officially on the roster. There's been some reporting that says he will spend most of his time uh, playing with the OKC Blue in the G League, but he will be one of the 15 guys on the Thunder roster, um, which means they now need to cut a spot. True. Yeah, and like you said, uh, I mean, obviously the two-way uh, deals for OKC are already already, um, <clears throat> already <laughs> full. Um, they've already signed two players to two-way deals and Wiggins and Josh Hall. And But I think that, and I think it was reported that this deal is a multi-year deal. So it's not just a, a, a single one-year uh, deal. It's apparently multi-year. Uh, I think Andrew Slick said there were some team options in there. Um, so it can be a non, uh, there's some non-guarantees, but it is a multi-year deal. So like Jacob said, he'll be part of the 15-man roster. I even think back to, can you hear me now, Jacob? Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I even think back to like last season. And obviously they draft him. And uh, instead of just kind of a draft and stash, stash situation, even as he was rehabbing from his knee injury, I believe in ACL, um, they actually brought him over and wanted to see his rehab through um, firsthand. And, and so he was actually with the team, you know, he went uh, down to the Orlando bubble, just kind of hang out with the blue and um, kind of get, just get to be a part of that experience. And um, so, yeah, I, I think they're definitely very interested in that. And, and it's interesting that he did receive that multi-year deal. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, uh, I also think it is interesting. Um, I, I do think he'll play most of his time with the G League. I think mm. that G League team is going to be pretty fun. Uh, so hopefully we'll get access there this year again to go and kind of watch those guys yes. like Aaron Wiggins and, and Vitt and Josh Hall and others, uh, and actually get a, a real G league season. Um, but yeah, they, they have to clear a roster spot for Vitt to be on that, on the 15 man roster. My assumption is that is going to be Charlie Brown jr. Agreed. <laughs> uh, but that. That is, that is, I don't know. That's just what I think. No. Maybe, maybe it's somebody else, uh, but it doesn't seem like deck 
is I think part of his contract is now guaranteed. Doesn't look like he's going back to Europe. Um, which is such, such a strange, yeah, such a strange yeah. mix of players there, kind of t- towards the end of the bench, I guess you would call it. Um, you know, Vitt's really interesting too, just because he's based off his size alone. I think he'll play a lot on the wing for OKC um, or with the blue, while also taking on some ball handling responsibilities. But overseas, he was mainly a point guard, um, almost in a s- similar sense as to what I kind of expect Josh Giddy to play, like his role with this team moving forward. So it's going to be interesting to watch him uh, kind of get his feet wet, wet with the blue, um, continue to gain strength back in that knee, and uh, yeah, just kind of see what what he possesses if he's actually an NBA guy or uh, if they'll just you know waving him after a season. Definitely. All right. Well, Taylor, are you ready to start our season preview series? Ready. Let's do it, man. So Taylor and I are covering the southeastern or southeast conference. Uh, this week and then every week here on out, we'll cover another division, uh, ending with the Thunder's Northwest division. We'll do our Thunder preview at the end. So, Taylor, we're going to tell the people what each of these teams did last season, kind of some of their transactions and what they did over the summer, um, what we expect from them next year, what our thoughts on that team are, uh, and then look at the over-under for next season. Awesome. Um, we have done this for the past few years. And so we're just going to keep following kind of the way we've done it. Just this time, we're not bringing on 30 guests. <laughs> that was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a ton of work. Uh, all right. Yeah. First up the Atlanta Hawks. This is a fun one. Last season, they finished fifth in the East at a 41 and 31 record, uh, made it all the way to the Eastern conference finals where they lost to the bucks in six. I believe it was six. Um, put together a really fun young team, obviously headed up by Trey Young, uh, which was a massive, uh, a massive leap for Trey last year to really get in the playoffs and lead his team and, and get them where they needed to go. Um, yeah. So Taylor, will you tell us a little bit about some of their transactions over the summer? Definitely. Um, they had quite a few free agents, which I didn't actually realize um, until seeing this full list. But John Collins, which we'll get into, uh, Brandon Goodwin, uh, Solomon Hill, Skylar Mays, Tony Snell, Lou Will. Um, they had a, a fairly decent amount of free agents. Uh, the first, you know, going back to the draft, I think the biggest thing um, is we saw the Hawks take another swing on a, uh, a, a like a, a high upside player. Um, and Jalen Johnson from Duke, there was a lot of concerns, I think, regarding, you know, we talked about it leading into the draft, but uh, with his work ethic, um, you know, just kind of his past history um, with his AU teams, with, you know, his partial season with Duke, uh, they take a swing on Johnson. He looked great in the G League for what that's worth. <laughs> so they signed him to a multi-year deal. Well, I found I found this kind of interesting. Sharif Cooper um, out of Auburn had him on the podcast. You got to uh, you got to talk with him. He yes, sir. Two-way, two-way deal with the uh, Atlanta Hawks. So that, those were their two rookies. Um, Solomon Hill, they brought back on. A, I don't I actually don't have the details on this contract. Uh, I can click on it, but I'm assuming it was at that minimum. This one was kind of interesting. Lou Williams, after having a, a really solid uh, playoffs with the Hawks, um, kind of found his role um, after he had been traded there the past season. Uh, he re-upped with the Hawks, which I think was a solid signing. Like I mentioned, John Collins signed a multi-year deal with the Hawks um, after the contract kind of holdouts 
the previous offseason. And they were able to get something done with him, which is huge because he, again, played really well for them in the playoffs and looked really uh, good alongside Trey Young. And speaking of Trey Young, he signed the rookie scale uh, max extension with the Atlanta Hawks as well. And then we had that really weird like trade that took forever to go through. It was like the Tristan Thompson trade, basically, where uh, the um, I guess the Celtics traded Thompson to the Kings in exchange for DeLon Wright. Um, DeLon Wright and a TPE were acquired by the Hawks in exchange for Chris Dunn, uh, Bruno Fernando, and a second round pick, 2023 pick. Um, and then, yeah, and then Chris Dunn, yeah, Fernando, and that 2023 second <laughs> were acquired by the Celtics in exchange for the Tristan Thompson deal. It's very strange, very strange uh, transaction there, but they yeah. got in on that three-team trade. And then also the Hawks um, went ahead and renounced the rights to Tony Snell, so Tony Snell is no longer with them. Um, ooh, I, I kind of forgot about this one. Gorgie Dang signed a contract with the Hawks. Uh, and then just some like smaller signings. Uh, they, they brought back their young player, Skylar Mays, to another two-way contract alongside Sharif. So they're they're pretty stacked. Oh, and then obviously uh, Clint Capella, he signed a vet extension with the Hawks as well. So they have him locked up uh, long-term to kind of match Trey and uh, Collins' timelines. Definitely. Sorry, did you mention the Clint Capella extension as well? Yeah, did I just yeah. missed that? Okay, yeah. I just <laughs> missed that. A- apologies. Um, yeah, so, and then when you look at their roster for next season, like you had already, you mentioned a lot of their transactions, but um, they have tons of young guys who still have a lot of room to grow. They were without DeAndre Hunter for a long stretch last season. Um, Onyeka Kongu got injured towards the end of the year, but was looking promising. Uh, also guys like Cam Reddish. So this is going to be a team uh, that I think has the ability to continue to grow and get better. I don't think they have peaked because most of their players are so young, um, but their flexibility is now uh, like gone, right? They've, they've committed their money. Uh, this is what they got for better or worse moving forward. Um, they've they've con- con- committed all their money to, to this team. Um, so Taylor, I guess my, my big question for you for Atlanta, they made an Eastern Conference Finals run last year. Was that because of the uniqueness of the year and the stars aligning for them, or are they a legitimate threat to uh, to the East? Uh, I mean, as with all all these all these uh, situations that these teams find themselves in, it's always somewhere kind of in the middle, uh, kind of in the gray area. But I'm going to go ahead and say that the uh, it, it's more so the the latter. I think that they really are more uh, becoming a true contender. We're seeing Trey Young obviously take a big uh, leap into stardom. Um, we're seeing guys like Colin step up and kind of live up to the hype and continue to develop. You talked a lot about some of their young guys. Obviously, DeAndre Hunter was looking really good before he got injured. But even all the, you know all the other guys in the the playoffs, um, I do kind of like the Capella fit. I wasn't sure I was going to when they initially acquired him. Um, but he looked to fit really well. And like you said, bringing in um, a Kongwu off the bench for Capella and playing him alongside some of these other youth has been really fun and interesting. And they just add another fun young wing. So that's kind of, I think, the most interesting thing I'm, I'm going to be watching with the Hawks this season. We saw them kind of take that next st- step into a true playoff contender in the East this, this past playoffs. They have all this youth and these young, talented players that they've taken swings on. And they've shown they have a pretty good track record with player development, at, re- at least recently. Are they patient this season and kind of just see what happens like they did last season and let these guys continue to develop? Or now that you have Trey and Collins and Capella, some of these guys signed to longer term, bigger contracts, 
do you package a Cam Reddish or maybe a Hunter or maybe a Jalen Johnson and try and go get another vet, like, you know, maybe more higher caliber than like Lou will, but um, kind of a similar type of transaction to help some of these young guys in the playoffs and kind of take it, try and take another step. Um, I think they're, they're going to kind of find themselves at a crossroad and they can either be patient or they can kind of uh, swing for the fences here and, and trade off some of these young pieces, these younger pieces and see what they can get in return. It's going to be fascinating for sure. So the, the big thing with the Hawks now, the last thing we got to do here, Taylor, they're over under for the season is 47 wins. Uh, that, that would put them at 47 and 35. So 12 wins over 500. Um, do you think Atlanta goes over or under? This is like, this is where it gets really tough because you have the, you know, this, uh, the stronger East Eastern conference. Um, I want to say they're going to hit the over. I really do. Because when you, you put it in that perspective in terms of um, 12 games over 500, like I think they absolutely can do that. But then you have to wonder where some of those wins are coming from in a tough, you know, in a more tough Eastern conference. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and stick with it. I think, I think they will uh, hit the over, even if it's only by a couple games. I, th- ah, that I think it's a really good number. Um, I don't see them being a 50 win team. So if they go over, I think it's just very, very barely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. So are you ready to move on to the next team? Let's do it. This is the another next, fun one. Yeah. The next team would be the Charlotte Hornets. I'm getting their stuff pulled up right now. <laughs> um, sorry. I'm a little distracted. We have a new dog I was gonna say, yep. that's in the room. Uh, for during the podcast, and he's kind of going crazy. Um, didn't know I was getting a new dog. Uh, I found him on the side of the road, almost ran him over, so I pulled over and picked him up. Uh, no collar, no microchip. So I've been trying to find his owners, and nobody has claimed him. Uh, and so it looks like we got a, a new member of the fam, but he is a little puppy who likes to chew on everything, Precious. including oh boy, including my MacBook charger right now. Oh. Hi! Stop chewing on that charger. <laughs> have you named him yet? That's a real important question. Have not. <laughs> have not. I just call him Small Dog. That is fair, Small Dog. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, all right. With that being said, the Charlotte Hornets last year ended the season thirty-three and thirty-nine, good for tenth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they played against the Indiana Pacers in the play-in game. Uh, and got trounced, uh, did not go well for them. Um, but the big thing surrounding the Charlotte Hornets last season was the introduction of LaMelo Ball uh, and just how impactful and how great he played for Charlotte. Obviously missed some time with an injury, uh, actually some some significant time with an injury. I think if he did not miss that time, uh, they probably do make it to the Eastern Conference playoffs, maybe at that eighth seed, because they did look very good leading up to that. Um, but Taylor, tell us a little bit about what Charlotte has done over the summer. They had an interesting offseason. Um, I really like some of the the key pieces they brought in. Um, they had a ton. <laughs> I thought the Hawks had quite a few free agents heading into this offseason. Looking at this list, it looks like the Hornets had even more. Um, just ones to know, obviously, Devontae Graham and Malik Monk. No, we, they lost both of them um, due to uh, Monk going to play in L.A. Uh, with the Lakers and then Devontae Graham in that sign-in trade uh, or 
I guess you could call it a, yeah, a sign and trade uh, where he was signed by New Orleans. Um, so those are two pretty big losses, but I think they did a pretty good job um, acquiring, you know, other young pieces to kind of fit in there. Uh, look, just even starting with the draft, they <laughs> OKC uh, fan favorite James Booknight ended up going to Charlotte after OKC passed on him. Um, and then they went ahead and drafted Kai Jones, who showed a lot of promise, I think, in those pre-draft workouts and obviously at, uh, during his time in Texas. And then one of my guys that I like later in the in the second round, um, the Hornets were able to get JT Thor as well. So brought in uh, three uh, really solid rookie young prospects. Um, let's see. Now here's where it gets fun. Kelly Oubre Jr. Oubre Jr. signed a multi-year contract with the Hornets. Um, Ish Smith, I forgot that they brought Ish Smith in. Another veteran uh, presence there. DJ Carton, I don't even know who that is, but apparently he signed a contract with the Hornets. <laughs> that would make two of us. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then it's uh, a training camp guy. Though. Uh, yeah, they, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, or to training camp uh, invite, and they'll yeah, he'll probably get waived and play with their their G League team. Um, so I'm trying to break down. I don't really like how Real GM breaks down these trades, but <laughs> they were a part of the Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe draft rights to Jared Butler trade um, to the draft rights to Zaire Williams and a conditional twenty. I don't know. This is a mess. I'm not even going to try and go through all that. Uh, but basically, they got into that big trade uh, involving the Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, Devontae Graham. I mentioned him. Um, I'm not sure that they really brought in a ton of pieces in that trade, <laughs> but they were able to get in. Um, and yeah, yeah. And that's. I think that's how they ended up with some of these young rookie players. Um, and then Terry Rosier uh, signed a, a scary Terry signed a veteran essential with the Hornets. And that's pretty much it. So really they just kind of got younger, uh, surrounded um, Lamella with, with more young talent around him. And so, yeah, I'm curious to see how those players develop. Definitely. And lots of wings on this team. Now, Taylor, uh, Gordon Hayward can play the three or the four. Uh, Rogier can play up to the two. Ubre is a two, three, um, they have James Booknight who can play uh, two, three, maybe a little bit of one. Um, PJ Washington has been big for them at like the four. They have uh, Miles Bridges who's big for them at the three, four. JT Thor is going to play three, four. Uh, so they have a lot of guys that can play on the perimeter now, uh, which is what you want in an NBA team for sure. Uh, they're they're lacking very much in the big man category. It'll be interesting to see if they True. make some sort of move there uh, to bring in some sort of big to help them out. Um, but an interesting roster nonetheless. Um, yeah, look looking through there with the Gordon Hayward contract, the big Kelly or uh, Terry Rozier extension uh, signing Kelly Oubre. I guess they do have Mason Plumley. They did get Mason Plumley. Oh yeah, um, true. true. I missed they, that. They're, again, their team kind of locked in for the next couple of years with uh, where they've spent their money at. Uh, they're kind of capped out here, but just like we mentioned with Atlanta, tons of young guys here that have a lot of ru uh, runway to grow, and so I think that's kind of what they're banking on here. True. So. Taylor, the, the moment of truth with the Charlotte Hornets over under 38 and a half wins <laughs> again, last season, they won 33, they went 33 and 39. Um, and last season there was 10 less games, uh, be, because of the shortened COVID season. That's uh, so point. 33 and 39 last year, 
Uh, if you split those last 10 games for them, it would be 38 and 30, uh, 38 and 44. Uh, and they're over under this That's season is 38 and a half. So it's kind <laughs> of right really at the same under. level of last season. Uh, what do you think? Oh, see, this is really tough because you have a player like a Gordon Hayward, if he is healthy and then you continue to see guys like LaMelo and um, Bridges and uh, Miles Bridges and, um, you know, some of these uh, young rookies that they acquired, see them step up and contribute. But I just feel like they, they lost enough uh, veteran presence there. that I'm a little iffy. Again, this is like a spot on over under. I really like it, but I think I'm going to go the under, but just barely. Like I could see them flirting with that 38 win mark. Um, but that's a team I think that could come out and just completely surprise us. And uh, yeah, we, we look at them as like the sixth or seventh spot in the East. I think that's probably fair. Um I'm going to choose to go under on this one. Um, I think some of the infusion of youth on this team is going to bring them down a little bit. Uh, I, I think Charlotte may be a team looking at taking a step back next season, um, but looking to take multiple steps forward as their team continues to grow. True. Is that fair? That's a good, yeah, very fair. All right. Well, then our next team, Taylor, if we're ready to move on, do you have anything else? for the Charlotte so. Hornets. Yeah, I just, I like what they're building. It's a good direction. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. And Lamelo Ball is the key to all of it, right? Right, right. Uh, our next team, the Miami Heat. Last this season, they one. Yeah, last season they were 40 and 32. Uh, good for sixth in the Eastern Conference. They just missed out on that play-in tournament um, and then got swept by the Milwaukee Bucks. Um Pretty handily got swept by the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, it was some some bubble revenge for Giannis and the Bucks. Um, but the Miami Heat incredibly busy this offseason, Taylor. Uh, why don't you go ahead and break down for us what all the Heat did over the summer? Yes, very busy, and it all started uh, heading into free agency. They had a lot of free agents uh, this this season as well. Uh, or this offseason as well. Trevor Ariza, Dwayne Dedman, Udonis Haslam, um, Miami Heat legend, uh, Andre Iguodala, Kendrick Nunn, who ended up going to the Lakers. Victor And Andre Iguodala went to Golden State. Uh, Victor Oladipo, we'll get into him in a minute. Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, a game-winning, uh, summer league game-winner. Uh, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and uh, Omar Yurtseven from the OKC Thunder. Uh, it was picked up by Miami, uh, I guess, like on a two-way, I think, and they all all were free agents. Uh, so the that the Miami Heat actually signed Yurt Seven to a multi-year contract, which I found interesting. Um, they brought in Markeith Morris, which I kind of liked. Uh, signed uh, Max Struess, like I mentioned, to a multi-year contract. Uh, brought back Dwayne Dedman. And then the big one here, Kyle Lowry, was acquired uh, in a sign-and-trade from the Raptors in exchange for Precious Achua, Goran Dragic, and a, a, TP, a pretty big TPE. Um, Lowry ended up signing a multi-year contract with the Raptors and is locked in long-term. Now next to Jimmy Butler. Speaking of Jimmy Butler, he signed a uh, max extension with the Heat. And also uh, Duncan Robinson signed a multi-year contract extension. Or uh, Sorry, it wasn't an extension. It was a new contract, I believe. So they were able to maintain Robinson, extend Jimmy, brought in Kyle Lowry. That's kind of the biggest things there. Uh, but one underrated move that I really, really liked from the Heat, uh, P.J. Tucker. Apparently, um, he was kind of wanting to stay with Milwaukee, according to his Instagram posts, uh, but they're going to pay what he was wanting. So he goes and plays with the Heat, and he's going to fit a Heat culture to a T. I really love that pickup for them. 
And then Victor Oladipo, uh, old Thunder player and friend um, of Thunder fans. He also signed a contract with the Heat um, as he continues to rehab, and hopefully he'll get healthy and uh, we'll get to watch him on the floor as well. Although he's, a, I think, kind of, we can dive into that here in a little bit, but maybe a trade candidate and moving into the season. Uh, regardless, like you said, very busy offseason for the Heat. I really like some of these pickups and uh, acquisitions. Yeah, for sure. Um, or transactions, I should say. <laughs> here is the thing with the Heat. Uh, they already were kind of this team, but really doubled down on it this summer. They're just going to like physically just beat the shit out of people. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jimmy, Bam, Lowry, PJ Tucker, uh, Udonis Haslam. Um, yeah, Keith they brought that, that Haslam. Good point. Yeah, Keith, Keith Morris. Like, this is a team of really just a bunch of goons, right? Yeah. They're going to be incredibly physical. They're going to struggle to shoot the three ball um, at least a little bit, but they're just going to be extremely physical, uh, extremely aggressive. And I mean, like like PJ Tucker said at the Milwaukee parade, there's some dogs, man. There's Absolutely. some dogs. Absolutely. Yeah, so, it makes sense that that's kind of where PJ would want to go. Um, if, if Milwaukee wasn't going to give him the contract that he wanted, like you said, go and join some other, some fellow dogs. Um, they're going to be a ton of fun to watch. Like you said, kind of scratching and clawing uh, the whole entire season and um, just a, a real fun physical bunch. But yeah, the three-point shooting is obviously an issue. Um, they're going to be relying very heavy on uh, Duncan Robinson as uh-huh. well as Tyler Hero. Um, Hero, obviously, they're still very high on. Um, weren't willing to, to trade him for Harden, apparently, right? So <laughs> he struggled last season, um, kind of took a – had a little bit of a sophomore slump season. So I'm curious to see how he looks um, coming off the bench for the Heat and the role that he plays for this this team this season. But they did lose some youth. Um, I'm trying to remember. I didn't mention their draft picks. Do you remember who they picked up in the draft? I can't even remember now. Uh, they traded whoever it was for Kyle Lowry, right? Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. No, Is that, that right? No, because that was a Chua um from last season's uh or last did they even have a draft pick this and maybe that's it yeah oh no they didn't the thunder made their selection oh yeah what are we talking about (laughs) yeah good point never mind yeah so no draft selection yeah so they did sacrifice some of their youth yeah from their cap sheet perspective taylor uh here is is i think maybe the worrying thing for me uh their top one two three four guys jimmy butler Long-term money, right? Locked up for the next, what, is it five years? Yep. Uh, Making an insane amount of money. Um, Bam Adebayo, locked up long-term. Kyle Lowry, locked up long-term. Duncan Robinson, locked up long-term. That is, I'm trying to do math here. 25 plus 20 is 45, 65. 75% of their cap is locked up in those four guys. Wow. Uh, And Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler are... I mean, you could you you could argue Lowry's already on the backside of his prime, uh, and Jimmy is uh, in his prime, but on the downside slide at this yep. point. And so you have between those two, just um, looking at long term money total, uh, you have three hundred million locked up between those two guys moving forward. Crazy uh, for next Crazy. season, it's uh, thirty six for Jimmy. Uh, nearly 27 for Kyle. Uh, 
that's a ton of money. That's like $61, 62000000 million locked up in just those two guys, which is is huge, you know? Yep. Uh, also, as far as center goes, I mean, obviously they're going to play Bam at center. You're going to see P.J. Tucker play at center. Um, Markeith Morris and That's Dwayne fun. Dedman are going to get some burn, but not a ton of size there. And I'm not sure how much that, that matters in the modern NBA, but when you play in the conference that does have Joel Embiid, who is trying to make a championship run this next season. Um, I mean, I think Bam out of bio is great. I think a guy like Joel Embiid can overwhelm those types of dudes though. Right. Absolutely. Um, That's a really good point. So you, you have Giannis in that conference, you know, you, you have, um, lots of guys that are very, very large that are going to be hard for the heat to defend. But again, I think they're going to rely on that being just insanely physical and playing like playground basketball, I, I yeah. think is going to be their brand. They're going to play um, fast, tons of athleticism. Uh huh. Um, just try and outrun the other team. Also, you mentioned Tyler hero and how they want him to make a jump and, and still are very high on him. A uh, bit of a hot take here. Taylor, I don't know if it's worthy of the sounder or not. I've thought a lot about Tyler Hero. Yeah. I think his bubble performance is going to be the peak of his career. Ooh. <laughs> I think I think I he like came in it. as a rookie. He lit it up down there in the bubble as a rookie, and people are like, oh, my God, he's so great, blah, blah, blah. You know, they can't even trade him for, for James Harden uh, because he's so good, and he's going to be incredible. Like. <laughs> I think it was lightning in a bottle. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I, like I just, I like that. He fans are going to be coming for your head. Hey, uh, but I, yeah, that, the Tyler Hero hype, he, he was overhyped. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm just curious I, to see I if he's going to find that role or if he is uh, just going to keep thinking he's a potential superstar and, you know, and he just kind of flames out <laughs> yep. in all of his glory. All right, so again, Taylor, last season, uh, the Miami Heat 40 and 32. They're over under this season is 48, um, which if they hit that, that means they would have 48 wins and 34 losses, so 14 games over 500. Uh, where do you see the Miami Heat ending at? I'm just like taking this into the like into context of some of these other teams in the Eastern Conference that did get better. Um, and even then, I don't know. I, I think the Heat are going to be a solid regular season team. Um, assuming they can stay healthy. I don't know. This might be a bit of a, a hot take, but I think they'll I think they'll hit the over. I can see them being a really good regular season team. I'm with you. I think health is the biggest thing for them, and especially with having some older guys. True. But this is a team designed to win lots of regular season games because on a random night in January uh, when you're on the road and you're in Miami uh, and hopefully uh, COVID is under control and you've been out at the club or the bar or whatever the previous <laughs> the Miami night flu. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you come in to play the heat and you're just kind of going through the motions uh, and PJ Tucker is literally foaming at the mouth uh, because he is rabid and wants to kill you. Jimmy's and you're just like, the dude, gym since 4 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Butler just hasn't stopped lifting. He's sh uh, in the layup <laughs> line doing layups with one hand and curls with the other. 
<laughs> you know, it, you're just like, dude, I don't want to deal with this tonight. Like I'm just yeah. packing it in. I, I think they're going to be a team that just exhausts other teams during the regular season that they, that you don't want to play. That's and spot so on. That's spot I think, on. I think it's fair and that I, if they stay healthy, I would take the the over on this because I and, think the regular season is going to be kind to them. And I will say this. I know we, we have two other teams, but I think this is just worth mentioning. Like the point you made about having all that money tied up into older players is 100% valid, and I'm in agreement. But one advantage that Miami has over many other teams in the NBA, especially the small market team that we are the beach, of, the beach, right, right. And superstars, Pat Riley, he can shuffle contracts around. He can make whatever happens, whatever needs to happen to uh, acquire who he wants and who he needs. Um, he could trade a Duncan Robinson to bring somebody else in. Now he's on that bigger contract. He might even pull the plug on Kyle Lowry in two seasons. You know, you never know with him. So uh, that's one advantage they always have over other NBA markets, unless you're uh, the Lakers or a New York team. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Very good. Let's move on. We got, like you mentioned, we have two more left. Uh, next up, the Orlando Magic, Taylor, <laughs> who last <laughs> the season, of the East, last season, 14th in the East, they went 21 and 51. As far as the draft lottery is concerned, Orlando landed at number five. They had, um, what was it, five and eight? Is that correct? I think it was five and eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yes, it was five and eight. Okay, Um, yeah, 21 and 51 last season. And at the trade deadline, which was moved back to March last season because of the the weirdness of the COVID year, um, they... Made it their front office made a conscious decision. This is not a team that we're going to win a title with, uh, and so they pulled the plug. They hit the eject button. Uh, they blew it up, traded off some of their vets uh, for lots of draft picks and young, promising players, and have hit the rebuild mode, uh, and then made some draft picks to help out with that rebuild mode. Uh, so Taylor, why don't you take us through? Well, before you take us through what they did during the <laughs> summer. Uh, part of that rebuild mode, I'll just say, because we probably don't have, um, we don't want to scroll that far back. Uh, they traded Nikola Vucevic to the Chicago Bulls for Wendell Carter Jr. Um, I believe some salary filler and like Otto Porter and uh, yeah. a handful of picks. Uh, one of those picks turned out to be the eighth overall pick in this draft. Uh, and And you can cover who they selected there. The other trade, they sent Aaron Gordon out to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the main thing they got, that. <laughs> yeah. The main thing they got back from there uh, was RJ Hampton, and uh, again, more draft picks. So uh, maybe taking a little bit of a page out of the OKC Thunder playbook here uh, to bring these guys in. Uh, so those were the big in-season moves they made last year. Now take us through what their what their summer looked like. That was a really good uh, kind of leading us into this because they really didn't do a ton. Uh, in terms of this offseason, because like you mentioned, they did uh, a lot right up at the deadline. And now it's just kind of uh, starting to act on some of those draft picks and um, kind of starting to build what the future of this roster may look like. So the biggest thing that happened for them this offseason, like you mentioned, picks five and eight, they had a great luck in the lottery. Uh, you could argue that they won the lottery, even if they, even if they <laughs> didn't necessarily get that first overall pick. Um, but at pick number five, Jalen Suggs falls all the way to them. Don't uh, remind just, me. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> One pick away from OKC, uh, the Magic ended up with Jalen Suggs, which is a fantastic pick for them. And at pick eight, another player that a lot of teams were high on is Franz Wagner. They actually brought in uh, Franz's brother, Mo, 
um, as well, uh, not via draft, but uh, picking him up um, in free agency, bringing in the Wagner brothers, which is kind of cool. Um, so obviously those are two great young pieces that they're going to try to continue to build around, um, incorporate Markel Fultz. And like you said, RJ Hampton, um, uh, why am I going blank? Jonathan Isaac, uh, some of that youth, um, just a, a fun young team. Rob, Oh, Robin Lopez signed with the Orlando magic, which is kind of funny, uh, and kind of random. Uh, so they have a, a veteran backup, big, a veteran locker room presence. Um, Dwayne Bacon became a free agent. I don't know. Nothing else kind of crazy. I mentioned the Wagner signing. So like you mentioned, I think a lot of their moves happened uh, in, uh, during the season this past year, and now it's just kind of moving forward and rebuilding. Uh, but I like these young pieces and, and how they fit, like I mentioned, with some of the other youth they already have on the team. Um, you and I both are huge on Jonathan Isaac, so hopefully he can come back and be healthy after two years riddled by injury. Definitely, definitely. So some interesting things going on for the Magic here. Um, I currently have them at only having 14 players on roster, so they need mm -hmm. to make a move there. Uh they do. Uh, so I mentioned that trade with Denver. Part of the salary filler for that was Gary Harris, uh, who is a 26 year old defensive minded two guard who is on an expiring contract at only $20 million. That feels very flippable this season. Very, very. That's a good, that's a good point. doesn't fit I, that timeline in terms of age. Mm -hmm. um, still a very interesting prospect that a lot of uh, playoff teams I think could, could be interested in. Definitely. Uh, so I would not be surprised to see him get flipped at the end of the year. Uh, they also have Terrence Ross on roster, uh, 30 years old, uh, who is under contract this season at 12 and a half million. And then next season at only 11 and a half million. So he's got a declining contract. Wouldn't be surprised to see uh, that get moved yep. at some point, point this season by the deadline as well. End but besides, days. besides that Taylor guards, they have Hampton, Michael Carter-Williams, Cole Anthony. <laughs> um, oh, Cole Anthony. Duh, I didn't even mention Cole Anthony. Uh-huh. Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, Terrence Ross, Gary Harris. Um, when you look at just point guards, RJ, MCW, Cole, Anthony, um, Suggs, and Fultz, it feels like something has to give there at some point, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't know how you point. develop all of those guys at the same time, right? Right. No, I agree completely. Um, Jonathan Isaac, obviously, is a centerpiece. I think they're going to want to continue to build around, assuming he can stay healthy. Uh, they We saw him. or did that? I think they did already sign. Um, um, what's his face from Chicago? Why am I going blank? Wendell Carter Jr. Uh -huh. um, to a, a, a fairly large contract, showing that they um, believe in him as well. Did they extend him? Out. I thought they did, but maybe I'm making that up. Or sign him I'm to a new contract? On Spotrack, um, he has not signed any sort of extension. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> Shows you how much I know about the match. Uh, I, but I the one, thought for some reason they had as well. Though. I know. Isn't that weird? I don't. I'm maybe they were in talks right about it. Okay. Uh, well, because that leads me to one other player that we haven't mentioned yet. A young prospect that had a lot of hype, mainly because he has a song uh, named after him, <laughs> Mo Bamba. Very interesting. <laughs> I'm curious uh, if there will be other teams calling for Mobamba this season as well, or if they believe in him and um, just or you know keep him on the roster, see what happens, and maybe end up waving him. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but he's so fascinating. Online, there's some reports about them looking at some sort of extension for Wendell. Uh, obviously, oh, okay. nothing has okay. been signed yet, nothing though. Happened. Gotcha. Um, but 
Yeah, Taylor. I mean, you bring up a great point there. They have Mo Wagner who can play center. Um, they have Robin Lopez. They just signed who can play center. Uh, apparently Franz Wagner is big enough where he could play some center. True. You got Wendell Carter Jr. You've got Mo Bamba. That's a lot of guys that's for a, a, guys. a league that's trending away from center. So I would also not be surprised if something gave there um, at some point, right? Uh, right? The Robin Lopez signing was interesting. I think that might be uh, a little bit of a uh, bring in some, some veteran leadership type of move. Um, but yeah, we've talked for a long time about uh, they've got Wendell. Uh, they've got Wagner. Um, is it is is it time for them to move away from uh, from Mo from yep. Bomba, right? And so that's going to be uh, definitely interesting to see. Uh, lots of lots of movable parts still here for Orlando, and I think that's Agreed. their plan is they're going to move parts. Uh, and you mentioned building around. Um, oh, why am I forgetting his name right now? Uh, Jonathan Isaac. <laughs> oh, Isaac. But yeah, I, I think Suggs is going to be the center part of this team. Suggs, Absolutely. That, that, Absolutely. That's my guy. That's my guy. Yeah. All right. So again, last season, they went 21 and 51. This season, the over under for the Orlando Magic is. I'm going to guess 21 and a half. <laughs> 22 and a half. 22 and a half. You are very close. Under. Under. It's all about youth development. Like I said, Thunder of the East. Um, I'm going under. They might have the lowest over under in the league. The Thunder at 23 and a half. That makes sense. All these are, are via bet online as well. Um, I'm looking Detroit's at 25 and a half. Yep. Orlando Magic, the lowest over under in the league. Wow. Yeah, that makes seems sense. Seems fair though. Yep. Very fair. Definitely seems very fair. fair. Um, all right, so I think I'll go under on Orlando as well. Uh, that just just makes sense. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you there. Um, you ready for our last team, then Taylor? Ready. This is an interesting one. This is a definitely an interesting one. Uh, did a lot of stuff this summer. There's a chance there's still more to come. Um, the Washington Wizards. Last season ended the year 34 and 38. Uh, that was good for eighth in the Western or sorry, the Eastern conference. They made it to the play in and earned a spot in the playoffs uh, as the eighth seed went up against the Philadelphia 76ers and lost that series. in I believe five games. I mean, was yeah, it the five, sounds right. I think was it, it was five, five with Philly? <laughs> I think it was five with Philly. Um, they did a lot of stuff. Taylor, tell us about what happened this summer. They did. They did. Um, not as many free agents as are uh, heading into this offseason as some of the other teams we mentioned, but some key pieces in Ish Smith. We talked about him earlier going to Charlotte or getting picked up by Charlotte. Uh, Garrison Matthews, actually uh, a younger piece that played some some pretty solid minutes for them um, this past season, even if uh, I know some Wizard fans were a little upset that maybe Matthews wasn't used proper, properly by uh, Scott Brooks. Um, Alex Lynn's kind of interesting. Uh, he didn't get a ton of burn with them but became a free agent. And then Isaac Vonga, another kind of young piece that showed some promise um, on both ends of the floor, became a free agent as well. So their their big draft pick was Corey Kispert. Uh, I'm trying to remember what um, draft pick that was. But yeah, they ended up getting Corey Kispert. Um, and then the big thing here, well, two big things. One, Russell Westbrook officially requests out of um, Washington. Apparently him and Bill are still cool. 
Um, but it was just one of those things where Russ found an opportunity, uh, a way to get back home to LA to go and play for the Lakers. And uh, they made it happen. Chandler Hutchinson was acquired by the Spurs that get, got in on this uh, sign-in trade. Um, draft rights to Isaiah Jackson. And let's see, Aaron Holiday, yeah, Isaiah Todd. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to – where was this? Here we go. Basically, the Wizards end up, ended up getting Aaron Holiday, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrez Harrell. Some solid – uh, pieces uh, obviously very interesting to see how they all will fit but that was probably the biggest move alongside Spencer Dinwiddie signing a multi-year contract with um, with the Nets being signed and traded to the Washington Wizards so they replace Russ with Spencer Dinwiddie they get those other pieces in return in that sign and trade um, or sorry not a sign and trade just trading off Russell Westbrook and then let's see, Isaiah Todd, um, they signed to a multi-year deal. Cassius Winston, they brought back uh, on a two-way contract. A uh, young player, I believe out Duke, I could be making that up. Um, and then just some other smaller names like on um, what will be training camp invites. But yeah, a, a very busy offseason for the Wizards. Kind of interesting how they revamped their team, but I do like a lot of those pieces. I'm just not sure how they fit together. I think that's a great point, Taylor. They, they have lots of stuff. Lots of puzzle pieces. I just don't know if they all go to the same puzzle. You know, That's a good um, analogy. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it, it's interesting for sure. Um, obviously, Brad Beal still the absolute focal point of this team. But uh, quick rundown of what their roster currently looks like. There are eighteen players, I believe. Three of those are are training camp invites. Um, but you're looking at Brad Beal, Spencer Dinwiddie, Davis Bertans, KCP, Kuzma, Montres Harold, Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdia, Aaron Holiday, Corey Kispert, Daniel Gafford, Raul Neto, Anthony Gill, and Isaiah Todd. Um, Some interesting pieces. There's a lot of like quality NBA guys there, right? Oh, that yeah. top Absolutely. one, two, three, four, five, they six, got like five seven, of them eight, nine, <laughs> ten. Like they, if you include Kispert, who's supposed to be NBA ready because he, right. he came out of college so late, there's like 11 guys there that are like super legit. And that's not even including like Gafford and Raul Neto, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so absolutely and very nice promising young, not, pro, not a ton, but a couple promising young pieces. And one kind of a uh, swing for the fences prospect, if he pans out great, if he doesn't, it's whatever. And Isaiah Todd, um, I, I like it. I just don't trust the Washington front office to, um, to handle it appropriately. Yeah. Um, it feels like there could be a consolidation trade of some ooh, of these guys. Also another transaction we didn't mention did not involve a player, uh, but bye-bye Scott Brooks. Oh yeah. That's very true. Very true. I don't even um, remember who their head coach is. Who did they hire? <laughs> I don't even remember now. Neither do I. <laughs> honestly. It's I all kind of bleeding together. Second, but yeah. Um, starting lineup for next season. Uh, you're probably looking at like Ooh. Spencer Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal, uh, Davis Bertans at the three, uh, probably Rui Hachimura at the four, and then Thomas Denny Bryan at the five. Your guy, Denny. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> hey, I was just thinking about this, looking at this roster. Taylor. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to go this direction. <laughs> you know, you know my love for Denny. But is Giddy this year's Denny Avdia? Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought you were going to say. You know, I wonder if, if the Thunder oh, could no. get I, Denny. I wish. I wish. But <laughs> that's interesting. There's a lot of similarities there, like yeah. as far as like skill skill type. 
that's not going to get Thunder fans super excited because then he kind of had some growing pains. <laughs> but in terms of, yeah, no, you're exactly right. But he I was think. also, then he was super young when he came in the league True. too, wasn't he? Great point. Yeah, yeah. He was, I think he was 19, wasn't he? I, or, I'm looking up his age right now. Um, Denny Avdia uh, is 20 years old. He'll be 21 okay. in January. So yeah, yeah. Fairly young as well. Um, yeah, coming over from overseas, played a similar role, uh, kind of a, a guy who could be a lead ball handler, but um, because of his length and size and versatility, played on the wing for this Wizards team. Um, kind of finally started to put it all together there, heading into uh, the playoffs, and, and the playoffs didn't do a ton. He might have been, he was hurt there for a while um, this past season, but no, that's that's an interesting comparison. Yeah, he was six points, five rebounds, one assist last season, shot 31% from three on three attempts a game. Uh, an effective field goal percentage of fifty percent. I don't know. Signed, there's, there's, he's six signed. nine, two ten. <laughs> um, so Giddy is a little bit taller than him, but I just thought there's maybe some uh, some similarities there that I were think, kind of in- yeah, I think so. Um, Wes Unseld uh, Jr. is who they they got from that uh, is Knights. right from Denver. Solid from Denver. solid hiring. So yeah, that's that's going to be a fascinating team to watch. Definitely. Uh, any more thoughts on Washington, Taylor, before we do the over-under? Just like I said, I don't trust their front office. I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to try and ride out like this, uh, like you said, just kind of this hodgepodge of solid NBA uh, role players, essentially? Um, uh-huh. Or are they smart and able to flip some of these guys um, to bring in other pieces that fit the direction of this team? Um, Definitely. And, and try and build around Bradley Bill and get him to stay, because if not... Bill might you, be out. You need, yeah, you need to tear it down to the studs. Well, I just mentioned their starting lineup could be like Dinwiddie, Beal, Bertans, Hachimura, and Bryant. Yeah, but then oh, your yeah, whole your Bryant. your entire second unit would be like Kuzma. Aaron Hall, Aaron Holiday, yeah, KCP, Kuzma, Montrez, Avdia, and Harrell. Like that's a yeah. really solid second lineup. That's yeah, absolutely. And again, that's like not putting Corey Kispert in the game. That's not putting Raul Neto mm. in the game. Um, that's they have some depth at least. They they just have quality, a, a deep list of quality NBA players. Yep. With that being said, last season they were thirty four and thirty eight. This season their over under is thirty three and a half. Uh, so basically, right at their win total from last year. But you have to remember, last year they played ten less games. So this would have them finishing worse than last year after losing Russell Westbrook. You hitting that over or that under? Like it's it's so easy, like just in a vacuum to say they're hitting the over. But again, like when doing this exercise, you have to take all these other teams into consideration in the East and uh-huh. they get better. So based off of that, even if I kind of like this team more than I like last year's team, um, I think I'm gonna have to say the under just because of how strong the East is. Stronger the East is, I should say. I think that's fair. You know, I think the East did get better. Um, I can't remember. What'd you go on Charlotte? Did you go over or under on Charlotte? I went under on Charlotte as well. Uh, under, uh, yeah. Barely, but I, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's difficult, man. I could see them doing okay. But yeah, I mean, the Knicks are going to be pretty good next year. The Brooklyn Nets, going to be good. Really good. Boston, <laughs> Boston Celtics, going to be good. Chicago um, Bulls got a lot better. The Chicago Bulls got better. <laughs> Uh, Milwaukee, we know is Milwaukee. They're the reigning champs. Um, you know, what does Indiana do? Uh, there's the heat, a lot like of, we talked about, like, yeah, the, the <laughs> heat got significantly better. There's a lot of teams 
in the East that uh, I, I think have taken a step up. And there's not many teams in the East that really took a step back, you know? And, and so that makes that conference more competitive. And like you mentioned, it's something we really have to consider uh, when when doing these over-unders. Very true. So, all right, Taylor. Well, we finished the Southeast Conference this week. Next week, we'll do another Eastern Conference, or another, not a conference, a division. <laughs> uh, next week, we'll do another Eastern Conference division. Uh, and we got three East and three West. So six weeks, we'll we'll knock these out right up into the start of the NBA season. So, And then we'll do our annual tradition of, uh, of Thunder preview podcast uh, bets. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of, we still haven't paid off last year's yeah, bet. So that's I'm, about, true. I'm about to start sending some texts and collecting right. my payment, maybe. That's right. Get those wings, that pizza. Oh, all yeah. That fun stuff. Uh, I think I got a Philly <laughs> cheesesteak coming down the pipeline. Oh, so. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Awesome. Uh, Taylor, anything else before we get out of here today? Like I said, uh, happy football's back, but really, really excited um, for, for the for, for teams to get into training camp here uh, at the end of September. And I'm hoping, like we kind of hinted at with some of these um, some of these preseason previews uh, with, with these teams, like hopefully there'll start to be a little more movement heading into the regular season in terms of hey. um, trades. We still need a Ben Simmons deal. True. I don't see it going to training camp. So True. Awesome. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining the uncontested today. Uh, we really appreciate you. We know we pushed the pod back to Monday morning instead of Sunday night. So thank you for bearing with us on that. We appreciate you. Make sure to check out our podcast, wherever you download your podcast at. Uh, if you're watching this live, if you are listening to the podcast version, come join us live on YouTube. Uh, typically it's every Sunday night at 9 PM. This was just a holiday weekend exception. So please bear with us. Wherever you get your podcast at, make sure to drop a five-star rating for us. That would mean a ton. We'll be back on Wednesday with another live pod. And then next Sunday, doing more uh, season previews. So make sure you join us there as well. Until then, and as always, Thunder Up! Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.